0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 15 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt Jay and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today?
1: It's great. Doing great, man. It's a beautiful day. It feels like fall. Gorgeous. Today, which is amazing because fall is the best season and anybody who says otherwise is a fool or a charlatan. Early, uh, early frankly, fall.
0: Early, it doesn't get better than early fall.
1: It doesn't get better than early fall. I raised an oxtail today.
0: I mean, you I know, bought you know it, Dave, I, bought I am it, the king of summer, of course, but, you know.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I did. I had bought this oxtail like a month ago. And then when I got it home and put it in the freezer, I was like, this was a bad time to buy oxtail. <laughs> because, like, the only way to cook oxtail reasonably is, like, to braise it. Like, nobody... You can't... You don't want to braise if it's, like, 95 degrees in humid. And it was cool today, and I was like, I'm braising that oxtail. It was Doing delicious.
0: It. Uh, you know what else is delicious, Dave? It is episode 15 of Tenji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called it is? See Through It, the Mecca of Genius High. Uh, But, of course, Dave, before we get to that, as always, there is our officially award-winning opening segment shining in the heavens there are five stars what dave is our first star of the week
1: first star of the week matt is isolation update
0: isolation update
1: So the truth is is that I don't actually have much of an isolation update aside from the fact that I did just get some very good news, which is my isolation is continuing uh you know I'm a teacher and there has been some question like, "Oh, are we going back to school in person are we not like what's up I don't know why it was a question I mean I do know why it would be very convenient for a lot of people if kids were back in school, but like the Data is so wildly sure. against that.
0: Prioritizing um, convenience at this point is not necessarily the wisest course of action.
1: Well, I don't know, Matt. Maybe it's what we've been doing so far. So maybe if we just stay the course of prioritizing convenience over good data, then uh, somehow, inexplicably, it will work out. Footnote, it definitely will not work out. Uh, anyways, I did just get the an update from my my administration that, like, no we have listened to your demands do not go back in person and so at least the very first quarter so the first 9 weeks is oh, nice, nice. entirely online and then we'll sort of reevaluate kind of from there uh and for, I wish I had a little more guidance i'm still experiencing some like weird fuzziness and anxiety over like what exactly my job is going to look like because they haven't told us that but it, at least it is online, so that's good. That's fine.
0: You got another like week or two before you have to start and know what like your job is, right? Week.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be great. How's your How's your isolation going?
0: Oh, uh, my main isolation update, Dave, is that at one point, one or two points recently, I was not isolated. I went yeah, somewhere.
1: You were able to come over. It was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I came over to your place for my birthday. It was nice. The other time I was unisolated was uh, I took I took the week off of work just because. I just needed you like got a to. mental break. I wasn't, yeah, man. I wasn't planning to go anywhere, but I did end up going somewhere, Good. which is that 2 hours. Fun and exciting. Yeah, 2 hours into my vacation, I uh, I took a I took a quick trip into my front steps and smacked my forehead against them, cutting my forehead open, uh, requiring 3 stitches and a trip to the hospital. So that's 2 trips, Dave. One into the stairs and one to the hospital. So I guess actually I took three trips this time. (laughs) One to your place, (laughs) one into the stairs, and one to the hospital.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, the one to my place was fun.
0: Oh, that was very fun. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that was that was the first like evening of my vacation. So that sort of threw off my week, uh, which is actually why we did not have an episode last week. I am fine. I just had like a swollen head and didn't feel like. Uh, recording for a while, uh, but we are back now. It's legit. You
1: got some stitches in your forehead. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. very cool scar. It's a very uh, it's action a, hero.
0: Yeah, it's like an inch long scar, sort of horizontally above my right eyebrow. It's pretty. It's a pretty good one, I think. I hope. Uh, yeah, and that's that. That was my isolation update. Uh, <laughs> it was okay, you know. I got to see a little bit of the uh, the baseball game that night at the hospital, which is nice because I don't have cable at home.
1: Uh, oh cuz you were at the hospital. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Why would you have seen the baseball game?" No, I was you were the I hospital. was sitting
0: in a hospital room waiting for a doctor to come put stitches in my forehead and I was like, "Oh, there's a baseball game tonight. Check it out." I think Dude, we won. Dude,
1: I still cannot after the Indians lost the World Series in what was it, 2016? Yeah. And it was I just I can't. I can't a anymore. We've talked about it
0: 20, right near the end of 2016. Yeah.
1: Just a lot of just man, just a lot of bad stuff just happened then.
0: But you know what, Dave? Wow, you know what?
1: <laughs> boy,
0: oh boy, took a, boy. Took, a, took a turn there. Do we want to back up before boy, I said that, or do we want to leave all do this? Do you mean there,
1: like in this podcast, or there in 2016? Because oh. either one works.
0: I mean, either one would be great, frankly. Although now you've said a great joke, and I would feel bad about cutting all this from the episode. <laughs>
1: So Matt, what is our second star of the week?
0: Uh, Dave, our second star of the week is our our newest continuing segment. It's Bun Vulcan.
1: Welcome to Bun Vulcan. So Matt, what's your Bun Vulcan update?
0: Uh, my bun Vulcan update, uh, not much. I, I have continued to make those baguettes. My only real update is that I brought some of them over to your place when I was there for my birthday, so yeah, that they I were could great. so I could share them and get compliments and have you tell other people that they're good instead of just me continuing to tell people that they're good. And I'll tell you what. Oh, dude, this is it's, something it's been I have... very emotionally satisfying for you to do so. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I have discovered this about baking that for me it's like fifty percent making it. Right. Like just the act of making it is, is half of the reason I'm there. Twenty five percent is getting compliments, and then the remaining twenty-five percent is actually eating it. It's like it is not even the plurality of of value, I oh, think sure. in, in terms of doing this.
0: And the problem so, is since I live alone, I'm just having to like take pictures and send them to people.
1: Yeah, my my three and a half year olds are not as appreciative. well, they're kind of appreciative. They're not appreciative in the moment, but then they do come back and they're like, hey, could we have more of like that thing? And that feels good. So here's my Bun Vulcan update. It's actually I made it for your birthday when you came over. And it, it was an idea I had. I was really pleased about this because this is uh, the first time I've done this, which is like I sort of had a concept that didn't, didn't fully exist in the world. And I was like, OK, I think I can kind of make this work. And I did. And here's what it was. All it's right. a Tres Leches brioche. I don't know why I said it to you as though it was a surprise because you've already eaten it. Yes. But. And we've so already here was discussed the idea. it earlier. Yeah. It was, a, uh, it was a Tres Leches brioche and it turned out really well. Here is the only thing that I would say. If you are going to follow in my footsteps and make a Tres Leches brioche, uh, here's why I thought it would work. Because I was like, oh, brioche is a lot sturdier than cake and so it will hold up better and it won't be quite as like mushy right like it will maintain a lot more tooth even while it is soaked in this like delicious delicious sure. mixture i was totally correct about that that was a uh, that was spot on well done dave what i did not think about was the fact that because it has a much denser structure it takes a lot longer to uh soak so, uh, I only yes. soaked it, yeah, I only soaked it for like a few hours, and so, like there was a ring of of saturation around the outside, and then we just cut it, and either like poured the rest of the custard over. It's not really like custard, uh, but if you were gonna do this, you make the big brioche, and then i would I would almost recommend soaking it like overnight, I think would really be would be the move
0: yeah um, or keep some of the liquid to the sides which is what we did uh so you could like pour it on the individual slices after you've cut it
1: yes that was a good that was a good patch at the end i would have liked it better if it was all the way in and also brioche will absorb a lot more tres leches mixture than a cake well per like mass i guess but it was delicious and it turned out really well and i was super happy with it so that's my uh that's that was my baking thing that i did awesome recently.
0: Well then, Dave. What is our third star of the week?
1: Man, astonishingly, our third star of the week is Skyrim again. But it's something, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> it's something...
0: I that's that's all. That is what I did on my vacation. Is I like sat on my couch with an ice pack on my forehead, uh, playing Skyrim. It was very dude, comforting.
1: It's it's really good. So here is here is the new thing about Skyrim. So I I have been playing the special edition, right, with the mods and everything. It's very cool. It's really reinvigorated the game for me. Um And the first time through, I was like, oh, there's this, like, Civil War plotline, right? Uh And I was like, oh, I'll do Imperials first. Like, whatever. So I go to the Imperial plotline, and, and that's fine. And then I sort of get bored with that character. And I was like, oh, let me start a new character. And I'm going to make a Nord, right? A Nord in Skyrim. And... And I'll join the Storm... I'm assuming, if, at this point, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if Sorry, Mom. I'm not going to explain like, the whole backstory of this entire video game. Right. Uh, anyway. at this point,
0: Skyrim has been out for 20 years, and everyone's played it three times. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I'm like, this time I'll go join the Stormcloaks, and I'll be a Nord and fighting for Skyrim. Right? Cool. So, I go and join the Stormcloaks. And I gotta say, in two thousand and eleven it was like the Nords and Skyrim and we're gonna go do the thing and kick out the Imperials I'm, uh, like, and like it felt great. And now I'm listening to it uh, again uh, a decade later as an older and wiser man in, in uh, a slightly different in world in twenty twenty in a very different world in many ways, listening to it in twenty twenty and I gotta say, uh, listening to Jarl Ulfric Stormcloak be like Skyrim is the home of the Nords and only the Nords and we'll kick out anybody who isn't a Nord. I'm like Ooh. Ooh did Ulfric is not super age. well,
0: my Jarl. Mm. <laughs>
1: I, I am now regretting taking this narrative path in the game. It feels real weird. And like, as so I just did the, but I'm like, I'm already playing it. And I just did the first like conquering of the city, White Ron. And you go, and you like beat the Jarl and you take over the city. And they just like keep doubling down. <laughs> on how like the only people that belong in Skyrim are these nords and we're going to kick out everybody else and they should never have been here in the first place um <laughs> it's just not yikes it's my not great dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what Matt is our fourth star of the I'll let you know if it gets better uh, the, um, it probably won't uh
0: david the fourth star of the week anyways is Matt that... what's
1: our fourth star of the week
0: yeah, I, I, I skipped over a bit of what I had, uh, when I was describing my vacation week, because uh, I did spend a lot of time sitting on the couch with an ice pack on playing Skyrim, but there is there is something else that I did, and it's that I watched the Star Wars prequels again, which is something that I have not successfully completed in years. Like, I, have, I have tried to watch them again and always, mm-hmm. like, just bounced off. Because you know, yeah, that's Star Wars because cool.
1: it's because they're very bad. Why would you? Why would you do that? Well, you know, Dave, honestly, because I- it feels like you would already hurt your head pretty badly. <laughs> is that why?
0: Well, no, no. Uh, he- here's what it is. I think it's that I kind of wanted something to happen that week where I could hate it but also be mad at somebody else for it existing. Like I was like I I could only be upset with myself for like falling and hitting my head, right? Like that was just me being clumsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I was watching the Star Wars prequels, I'm like there is one man that I can blame for this and it's not me and that feels great.
1: <laughs> okay, that's true. Now you did choose you did choose to watch them, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, also to be fair, I was listening to old episodes of the uh, that Blank Check podcast back when they were a Star Wars podcast, and so there were like uh, commentary tracks that they had done that I was
1: watching along with,
0: which is oh, maybe okay. the only way to make them palatable.
1: But yeah, man, like, I feel like that, uh, that that definitely does make a, a big change.
0: Those Star Wars prequels, like. You remember them as being bad, right? Okay, so here here was the sort of mental yeah, journey that I went on. I was like, okay. I do remember them definitely
1: as being bad.
0: Movies are bad, right? But there's good stuff in the movies. And I haven't seen them in a long time. And I'm now older and wiser. And I realize that there's very few things worse in the world than like... A young nerd who's mad about Star Wars, and I know that I was a young nerd mad about Star Wars. So this is going to yeah, be I was a great say, opportunity. This is
1: this, this is, is self reflection. Like right. we are recognizing having been that dude,
0: right? And like knowing, like just how bad that energy is. I'm like, you know what? I am just going to. Like, change my ways. I'm going to watch these movies, and I'm going to see the good in them. Like like Luke Skywalker saw in his father at the end of Return of the Jedi. A good movie. Um But the problem, Dave, is that even though I have grown and changed, the movies are still the exact same ones that I saw before, and they're still just garbage.
1: Oh, dang. I was, man... I was really hoping for a different end to that okay, narrative. Okay. Here's, here's I was hope here's here's what I wanted.
0: Here's my hack, Dave. Okay, hit me. Um watch the first and last 15 minutes of all three movies. You'll get and then you go- you'll get through it pretty quick, and those are the only parts of any of those movies where anything good happens. Like turn on the movie, watch it while you can watch it, and then like as soon as you hit a scene where you're like, this is bad, it doesn't get better again until the very end. And maybe if you skip all the terrible stuff in the middle, the stuff at the end won't feel as much like a slog.
1: You know, I there are people who have done this, like semi-professionally. I think Topher Grace did a version of this, and there's like the Phantom Edit, and they kind of hack up the movies and grab like bits and pieces of all of them, and they turn all three good movies into like one, like one good one. Cause like you got the Duel of the Fates. Yeah, that's great. That's like very that's good. a classic. I'll just pull up the Duel of the Fates and watch it sometimes. The Padres scene, kind of rips. Is a weird fit. It's a weird fit, but it's a banger of a scene. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, that is that that is my <laughs> that's the fourth star of the week. I watched them. You don't have to fast forward They're as still much bad. as you like. You know. There's some good lightsaber fights, but also there's too much lightsaber stuff in those movies to the point where by the end of it you're sick of lightsabers, which you should never be.
1: Uh, what yeah, a, you should never yeah. be sick of. It has the same effect as like the Star Wars role playing game. Number one piece of advice for Star Wars role playing game: Don't play the no Star one's Wars role playing Jedi. Game. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a it's an okay game. It's a lot of fun. Just don't let anybody be a Jedi. Not a secret Jedi. Not a fort. Nothing. No force stuff at all.
0: What if, they, what if they're there. not a Jedi, but they are, like, Force-sensitive, and they're trying to find, yeah, like, no nope, middle nope, path, nope. but they're not telling nope. anyone about force
1: that? force adapts nothing. It can, it's there as, like, a background, and maybe you see a Jedi or uh, uh, someone tries to kill you, but you are just, like, a smuggler. Like, that's the only way to play the Star Wars game.
0: Yeah, what, like, you, you want the version of the game that's, like, Star Wars role-playing game, oops, all smugglers.
1: what is our um what's our fifth star
0: of the week Dave our fifth star of the week is that um I, I I've mentioned before in the podcast that during the course of uh this the these Dave these unprecedented times mm-hmm. um because I'm no longer like eating out all the time I don't go yeah. to restaurants and just like order lunch in at the office anymore Good um i have, I've dropped some pounds right? A little, a little, little more spelt than I had been, which is nice. Problem with that, and again, I think I've mentioned this before, is that pants don't fit right. Um, and I've talked about buying some more pants, but then I remembered, Dave. <laughs> I remembered that, uh, because specifically my, my jorts, my, my jorts were too loose, Dave. And you can't, you can't live life with a loose jort. Um, yeah,
1: no, you can't. Well, you are, uh, I've known you to be a jortsman. I,
0: I, uh, Dave, I have long been a jortsman. Basically, yeah. uh, I gave up on the idea of wearing shorts for a very long time. I was I was long pants only, exclusively. I made a it was a Yeah, thing. that was
1: a real, that was an era for you. You just did not, do, you didn't do, Matt, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I'm laughing in the background because this is a, here's a life pro tip. If you, are, if you are ever having a sad time, uh, d- here's what you do. Here's how why you would you fi- have one of those, It's not going to fix all your problems. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you can't bring me down, and I'm about to tell you <laughs> why. It's not going to fix all of your problems, but here's what you do. Go to Google, do an image search, and search for the phrase, Kevin Smith, huge jorts. <laughs> and and the image that comes up and I listen I like Kevin Smith like I am a fan of this dude's work I have seen I think everything he's ever made um, and I am telling you that these gigantic shorts are the funniest thing Kevin Smith has ever put <laughs> into the universe um, if you could look at this pic of the picture of these they're not even they're like floods it's like they're they're like Jinko's, but he just cut off like the bottom. They're not even shorts. They're like he cut off like the bottom six inches of these things. Um, they come like like two inches above his ankle. If you could look at this picture and <laughs> and not laugh, uh, you you need to uh, tell your handler to reboot your AI brain because you have failed the Turing test. This is part of it. Can, are you laughing at Kevin Smith's huge jorts? If not, you're a robot, uh, and and they need to reset you. Truly wonderful. Dave. Sorry, man. <laughs> please, please continue. So I, okay, so I was, uh, you know, I was in the mood for a fresh
0: jort, and I, and I remembered, Dave, that I have in my closet, basically I haven't thrown out a pair of jeans like in my adult life, just in my closet, in a laundry bag, I have a complete archive of, of every jean I've owned since I was like twenty-one years old, just a jeans archive,
1: a jar archive, a jar archive. Yes,
0: a jar archive, if you will.
1: <laughs> so, I, uh, Matt, I know. Is this okay? Is this your weird? This is your museum contribution at some point, isn't it? Because, like, this is this is a conclusion I've come to about museums. Is that like 90% of museums is like one weirdo saved something and he saved like 5,000 versions of it. And everyone's like, "That person's. why does that person have 5,000 jeans? Why does that person own every pair of jeans that they've ever owned for the last 70 years? But then they give it to a museum and the museum is like, we never would have thought of the historical significance of 70 years worth of one dude's jeans. But it turns out- so Here we go. Here we go. It's the Matt Jern's Gene Jarkive. <laughs> it's the Jarkive. So I,
0: I I keep them for two reasons. One is that, like, that is the one part of my life where I let my, like, weird sentimentality hoarder brain, like, do its business. Uh, because, That's like, good.
1: You the, give it some parameters.
0: Exactly. I allow it to exist in that one spot, and then I don't let it take over the rest of my life. Because the thing about genes is that it's, like... It's not like a shirt, right? Like, you have a rotation of shirts. If I look at an old shirt, I'm like, oh, I remember the time of my life that I had that shirt in the rotation. But jeans are like your everyday wear. Like, you're just wearing, like, unless they're in the laundry right now, you're always wearing the same jeans. At least I am.
1: I was going to say, my understanding is that other people do rotate their jeans, but I do not.
0: Yeah. So, you you know, you live in your Levi's. And so when I see that pair of jeans, it's like, oh, that is, like, like just holding that pair of jeans is like, well, now I'm time-traveled back to 2008. Because I remember, like, the wear pattern on these jeans. And, like, what was in my pockets that made them that way. Uh, Anyway, all of this is to say that I have a bunch of old jeans. And I remember that back when I was in grad school, I weighed about what I do now, and I had jeans that fit me then. So I'm like, oh. I'll just go into the archive, you know, pull out an old pair and jort the jeans. So I pull them out. There you go. And I'm preparing to jort them, right? And then I realize, Dave, they're pre-jorted. I jorted them last year and just completely forgot about it because I I, I refiled them because I realized when I put them on that I had gained enough weight since grad school that they no longer fit. So now I got the good feeling of putting on an old pair of pants that fit well, and I didn't have to deal with jorting the jeans... And, top it all off, $2 in the front pocket. Cold hard cash. Nice day, nice. Matt. Happy early birthday. <laughs> this was before my birthday. Ah. <sighs> anyway, that's all there is to say about that. <laughs> Which I feel, I don't know why I don't end more sentences on the podcast with that's all there is to say about that. I'm very often trying to find a good way to sort of find an off-ramp for a story. And I can't always do it. I should just give up like that sometimes
1: Matt, you got you got all sorts of options. You could go with a "That's all she wrote." You could do a very bad porky pig impersonation. could because could, no yeah. one does a good one uh you could say that's the way the cookie crumbles
0: I could uh I could Paul Harvey it and say that's the rest of the story. and Dave, speaking of stories, we got one. It's episode 15 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called See Through It: The Mecca of Genius High, written by Shigeru Yanagawa, which is a name we have not seen on this before. Uh okay, cool. Uh well, it ori- a good episode. Original so air date Good Ma- for you. Original air date May 25th, 1997. Of course, you can watch along on the DVDs or stream it from shoutfactory.tv. Recommend it. Mega Ranger is good. We will prove that to you with our words when we return. <laughs> Dave, welcome back. The show's good. It is good. It's real good. I mean, what more to say, right? It's a good show. No,
1: I think... I think uh, we nailed it. I think we can call it there. All right, dude. Catch well, you guys next week. No,
0: no, no. Let me, let me see my spiel. Let me see my spiel. Super Sentai Brothers, a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you want to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. It's like a little tongue twister with too many R's in it. Anyway, no. We're mm, going to talk about the episode. Fun.
1: Okay, so uh, we open up with the Rangers minus Shun. Uh, they are in like the sort of faculty administrative area. Yeah, and they've, uh, they've, they've been, kind called, of been into called into the principal's the office. Yeah, and we uh, we open up with this scene kind of in media res. And if I'm using I'm using that phrase correctly, right? I assume. Well, now I feel like I got to check. I have no
0: reason to distrust it. you. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they're, they've been called into the principal's office. And he yes, is informing them that the, that the uh, the Digital Research Club is being dissolved. Now, Ooh. they are surprised, shocked, dismayed, even. And they say, like, why would you do such a thing, Mr. Principal?
1: We're all honor students, you know. <laughs> He's like, you know why. Right. And then they're like, no, we don't. Uh, and he says, listen, here's the deal. He says, this club has been around for a while. And normally, the members of the Digital Research Club... ...are a club and have events and do the school's, like, web page. Yeah. And you guys don't do any of that.
0: Right. He actually, he pulls up the school's web page, and the most recent update to it is a thing that says, Happy New Year, which is the beginning of the season.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, And then he says, what you guys do do instead, and then he pulls out, like, a, a manila folder full of pictures... And it's pictures of them. No,
0: Dave. It's like, it's not even that. Off. He pulls it up on the computer. He has been oh, doing that's like right. computer surveillance of them, which I guess yeah. means that there are like a series of webcams set up in that room. I like, don't know. Uh, Kenton
1: does ask. He's like, it's creepy that you have these. Like, Whoa. this is very weird. It's also
0: weird because like. That is the room that they use as their superhero secret base when they're not up, like, on Galaxy Mega's, uh, like, satellite base. Or I guess the galaxy, the satellite base that turns into Galaxy Mega. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah. theoretically, the principal could say, hey, you know what's weird? I have noticed. Is how you guys keep talking to someone on the computer about how you are all superheroes and need to run a- off and do a bunch of secret things.
1: Speaking of, he does say, also, we're having gigantic phone electricity bills. Like, who are you calling? Right. And they're like, oh. Kenta almost says, says, like, oh,
0: this is all Dr. Kubota's fault because we are, like, hopping on the modem to, like, like 1997 Skype our scientist friend in space. But he is uh, thankfully stopped before he spills the beans.
1: Yeah. So he says, listen. I I am dissolving your club. Like this is like no, we're just not doing this anymore. And Kuichiru says, No wait. We haven't done any of that other stuff because we have been working on a giant new project slash report. And the vice principal says, Great. I will call that bluff. I want to see that report by tomorrow, or I'm eliminating the digital research club. Like that's it. Yeah. Uh
0: Kuichiru, because he is an overachiever. He's like, okay, you've called my bluff, but I'm gonna do it, because I am Kuichiru, yeah. the student man.
1: So they they exit, they're, and they're looking to know for... that that's
0: the superhero that he wanted to be, was Kuichiru, the
1: student man. I may be graduate man, but yeah, yeah, uh, he definitely... You know, honestly, don't think so. Not sure I think about he's that.
0: much more invested in being a good student than he is in whatever he will be doing after he graduates. Like, later he's gonna be a lawyer, I guess, but I don't think he will ever enjoy being a lawyer as much as he currently enjoys being a student. That's oh, just no, the vibe no, I dude. get.
1: Being, being in school was way better than having to figure out what you were going to do after school.
0: Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with all your all of your school learning? You're going to use it to D- do don't worry at about at school. It. You're already there. You're already doing the thing. <laughs> You're it's...
1: doing the thing, guys. Um... So they leave this office, and they're looking around. They're like, we don't know where Shun is. Uh, and is like, we got to get moving on this project. And Kenta just says, well, I clearly am not going to be of any help in this, so I'm going to go. And nobody disagrees with him, because they all know that he's right. But they do say, we need Shun, because Shun is the guy who does all the graphics, right? Like, that's his thing. Right. So if now, they're going to make this the Shun? look
0: good, they got to get that Shun.
1: Now, where is Shun, you may be asking?
0: He is at a different high school. He, was, he has gone to uh, Gojoin Go, High School. Uh, we see him walking into it. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's G-O-J-Y-O-I-N. Uh, In case any of you were, like, really concerned about that for some reason. Uh, It seems
1: almost impossible that that would be true.
0: But but, So he had gotten an email from an old buddy of his, uh, Soichi, saying, like, Hey, there is something weird going on at my school, and I can't figure it out. I'd love to have another pair of eyes on it. Come visit the school and, like, help me sort of poke around.
1: Yeah. So uh, Shun has arrived there. Now, before he actually gets in... He sees there's a dude with like a lab coat and like a weird, it's like, it's a sentai MacGuffin detector is what it is. Like, you know exactly what it looks like. It's like
0: you took a metal detector and strapped a bunch of extra nonsense to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so he sees Shun and uh, he goes, ooh, surprise face. And then he runs away. And then we meet Suichi and he's like, who's that? Suichi says, oh, that's a physics teacher. Like, that dude works here. Like, it's not weird that that dude is here. He does work here. He's just a he weird is weird. Guy. Yes. And Shun. So, okay, so here's kind of the relationship between Sui and Shun. And I think this is actually very cool because this gives us some character insight into Shun, which is uh, they knew each other clearly from like elementary school or middle school or something, like before high school. And this high school is like an elite high school. They yeah. say, like, this is a high school for geniuses. And Shun, like, I'm sort of condensing some stuff from other parts of the episode, but Shun, like, super looks up to Suichi. He's like, oh, man, a genius like you, I can't believe you'd be stressed about anything. Like, you're so smart, blah, blah, blah. Suichi turns around to to Shun, who he has called, like, to come help him with this. And at some point says something to the effect of, like, you know, you really should... Like you should have applied here. Like you definitely could have been doing this with us. Yeah, and I think that tells us some cool stuff about Shun, which is like Shun and Kuichiru are. I think are like clearly the, the two smartest, right, of the of the Rangers. And Kuichiru is like this really dedicated student, kind of along this particular vector, right? Like he's got this kind of vibe to mm-hmm. him, and Shun is a really good student. But I I think we can see in this episode sort of crystallizes, like, he does not have the same, um, maybe academic confidence, I think is a good way to say it.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, But also, like, he's very dedicated. You know, like, he said in an early episode, he has his life planned out, like, programmed like a computer, like, planned for maximum efficiency. And so it is also possible that he was like, you know what? I maybe could go to that school and succeed, but what I really want to do is study like uh computer graphics. And that is like the, the sort of work that that school excels at is not necessarily what I'm into.
1: Yeah. Maybe that used that as an
0: excuse because you lacked confidence. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I dig it because I think it's, uh, it's cool. I think it's a very, it's a way to take, it's a very blue Ranger take on a smart dude. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like if a, if a Blue Ranger is going to be, like, this really smart character, which is cool, like, I think this is kind of the way that the Blue Ranger does it. Because, like, the Blue Ranger tends to be a little more, like, I don't know, interpersonal, emotional, uh, nice guy sort of sort of vibe. Yeah. Anyways. Although um, I, I would I'm, not define Shun as a,
0: a nice guy. Well yeah. Shun's okay, a good he is, person. He is not a, nice a good guy.
1: He's a good dude. He's <laughs> he's nice he's just he's not nice to Kenta at the very least. Yeah. Uh so anyways, he Shun says to Suichi, he's like, What okay, like you emailed me to come over, what's the deal?
0: Um and Suichi is like, listen, I know I emailed you, but honestly, like, we're all just really overworked here. I'm stressed out, I was feeling paranoid. It's actually nothing. I appreciate you coming. But there's not actually a problem. But, you know, while you're here, why don't you come check out my digital research club? Like, I'm the head of that club. You're in your club. Like, come see how we do it over at Genius School. And, uh, you know, hang on for a bit. You know, roll with the big boys.
1: Yeah, And and Shin says,
0: cool. They go in, and immediately I was like, oh, this is what a digital research club is supposed to be. Not, like, four idiots in a... I mean, you know... One idiot and four smart Not idiots, people, but yeah, uh, you know, just like four right. people goofing around in a room together, like the 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 club that the Mega Rangers are in is the sort of club that like I would have been in in high school, you know, like the right. sort of club like... where was, like me and two or three other people, just like found an unoccupied room and a couple of times a week we went in there to have quote-unquote politics club which was like right, digital us shirking whatever whatever. yeah just like shirking whatever else we were supposed to be dealing with that at that point of the day to like sit in this other room and pretend that we were smart <laughs> <laughs> and, like right. i only found out a few months into the existence of the club that it was not a sanctioned club and it was just us sitting in a room <laughs>
1: We definitely did have some clubs like that, I'm pretty sure.
0: Um, and so anyway, like, that is sort of the vibe of the club the Mega Rangers have, sort of. Although Kenta brings a lot of that with along with them. You know, I'm, I'm sure they were a little more focused before he showed up. But this is like a room of, like, eight people sitting at computers doing work. Like, real work.
1: Like, really... Yeah, like, really intense. Yeah, and Um, what they're doing... what she actually says? Yeah,
0: they're coming up with graduate school-level problems and then sharing them amongst each other. Like, I will make an incredibly difficult, you know, math equation and I'll send it to you and you try to solve it and then you make one and send it back to me.
1: Yeah. Um, It's a pretty... Yeah, it does. It sounds very... It sounds pretty awful. So, here is what we... Here's what we find out. Um, Kenta, or not Kenta, sorry. Shun goes to do this thing, and as he, like, sits down. Oh, that's right. Kosoichi says, like, here, like, you should try. So Shun sits down. And as he sits down, he sees a, I was going to say subliminal. I think it's supposed to be a subliminal flash of a picture of owl Nazare. It's an owl, but it's, like, owl Nazare, obviously. Yeah. It's not a normal owl. It has teeth. Which is, uh, and it has, it's bipedal and it has teeth, so it's not a regular it owl. It
0: kind of looks like an owl bear, honestly. From it does kind of look
1: like an owl bear. Yeah. And Shun's like, that's weird. So we go from there to Nesere Dimension.
0: Yeah, and we discover that this is a Shibalina plan, which is great. It was like, what, yeah, of course. What is weird about Shibalina plans is this. Every single one of them is about, like, mind control, hypnotize, brainwash. Like, it's all basically the same thing. And yet, it has not started to feel repetitive. Like, it feels like she has an MO, but it doesn't feel like it's like, well, here's Shibalina; she's just going to control somebody's brain again. Because the specifics are always different enough that it works, and I really appreciate that.
1: It is really cool. Dude, Shibalina is a... Like she's a great lieutenant. Top um, she's great. I re- I like Ugande, although Ugande is more of like a. He's almost like more of a narrative device than a character. Yeah,
0: like, Ugande is sort of like the punctuation. Like you will have a a a sentence. That is like a series of episodes of Shibalina plans and then like yes. the exclamation point at the end of that sentence is a Uganda episode where he's like I'm just gonna go down there and punch the earth until it explodes <laughs> which I really like about him
1: yeah like he's a he's a man he knows what he wants to do
0: and mostly what he wants so, to do is uh, punch the Red Ranger. Right he needs to shoot lasers out of his eyes that make a laser grid version of his own head, and then that needs to shoot lasers out of its eyes and destroy someone. That is as complicated as Yukande gets.
1: Yeah. Uh, um. Listen, it's a good... Uh, you know, it's a good plan if you can make it work. Which you can't, but whatever. Right. So, <laughs> here is what the actual... Plan is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is that she is going to mind control all of these dudes, and then having mind controlled them, she is going to have them design not, I'm sorry, not she, uh, Owl Nazareth under the direction of Shiblina is going to have them design a world ending super weapon, double bonus. It'll A, end the world, and B, the humans will be even more disheartened once they realize that it is their own genius that has been turned against them.
0: Yeah, and although I did say that that all of her plans are, like, similar but not too similar, this is kind of the same as the B, Nazare plan, right? Like, brainwash a bunch of scientists and use them to, like... Oh, and it's also kind of... Okay, it's also kind of the same as the, um... Her, what was the one with the ultimate life form, where like they had uh, genetically engineered uh, a um, a space manta ray person?
1: It was, it was just. I don't think there was a monster for that one. Like Chivalina was just doing it, yeah, on on her own. Anyway, still. Anyways, very good. so Dr. Hinalar said, is like, I don't like this plan. I want to go shoot eye blasts." And Hinalar's like, "No, chill out. Like, we're gonna do the Chivalina thing." So, back down to the Digital Research Club. The fancy one, not the one that we know and love. And Kuichiru like, shows up and he knocks on the door. And he still, like, slides it open while Shun is working on this thing. And he gets Shun's attention and is like, come over here. And Shun is like, does the classic, like, points up at his own face and, like, raises his eyebrows. Is like, what, me? Yeah, dude, you. Like, who... Who else would he possibly be here to right, talk like, to?
0: Code doesn't go to this school. He is here to find you. You are the guy he hangs out with all day every day. Who else <laughs> right. in this room would he be waving to?
1: So he, so he, calls, he calls him shun shun over like, and he's like We
0: we got we got problems. The club is in trouble. Shun asks how he found him and And is like, oh, well, I read your email, and I knew that there was a problem. Shun is not thrilled about this, but we don't really explore it.
1: So then, then Shun does something really dumb, which is instead of saying, oh, hey, we're alone... Hey, fellow secret superhero, I came here to check out something weird. And then when I sat down at this computer, there was a subliminal owl on it and everyone's acting real weird. So I'm going to stick around and check it out because I also am a super secret technological based superhero. He doesn't say, and then Koichi would say, sounds great. I'll inform Dr. Kubota, our boss and the rest of the team, and we will take care of this problem. None of that happens. What Shun says is, listen, man. I got my own stuff to deal with. Like, take a hike, nerd. And then Creature's like, what? I don't even know why we're having this conversation, but he does leave.
0: Okay, so here's, here I think is the, to the extent that this episode has a weakness, and I do think it's a good episode, I think that the weakness of it kind of starts here and centers around what you were just talking about, which is that, as we know, since it is a Shibboleth episode, it is a mind control hypnotism episode, right? Right. And so, at various points throughout the episode, it is frustratingly unclear as to when and to what extent Shun has had his mind tampered with. Yeah. So, like, right now, Shun is acting weird, but m- maybe he's acting weird because he's partially under the control of this owl monster but like it's never actually like they don't ever actually make that abundantly clear to us so we're kind of having to connect some dots on our own which in the course of like a 22 yeah. minute episode with a giant monster is not something that they should be asking us to do
1: it is yeah it is kind of a weird one but you know, okay like whatever so uh the physics teacher we do kind of Quick shot of him. He's still kind of like trying to check things out. Yeah, Shoon sort Uh, of like
0: chases after him, but the physics teacher gets away.
1: Yeah, Uh, so they're in the lab and the lights are flickering, and then Owl Nezare just like shows up. He's no, no, no. He's in the screen. That's what it is. And they all see him. He's like my chosen ones. Use or he literally just says, "Use your brains for evil." Yeah, which I love in its directness. Yeah, he knows. He knows what he's about.
0: Right. He, he wants them to all to design an ultimate weapon so that he can use that to destroy the world. Shun comes in, sees them all like in sort of a trance, hears them chanting for the Nazare, and is like, oh, this is not great. Goes over and grabs yeah, uh, his friend clearly. Suichi and like, shakes his shoulders and is like, hey, uh, you need to snap out of this, please, right now. He manages to do that, but before they can get to any of the other people... Uh, Owl Nezere appears in the monitor of the screen and shoots eye lasers out of the monitor towards Shun and Suichi uh, that they just barely avoid getting blown up by. And then they just run out of the room.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I'm into it.
0: Uh, They see the physics teacher again and they start running after him because they're like, okay, something weird is going on here. And this is the guy around here who we have seen being weird. It's probably his fault. So they're chasing after him.
1: Oh, Matt, we actually we inadvertently skipped a little bit of a scene here. Uh, so we jump back to the Digital Research Club. And Quijiru is trying to do the report that he promised that they already had done. <laughs> um, nobody else all is doing anything by himself. Anything yeah, by like himself. The, the, yeah.
0: the idea, I thought, was that all of them were going to work on it. And even then, they still needed Shun's help what is actually happening is I that think that Kenta, probably yeah like Kenta and Miku and Shisato are all just sitting around maybe Miku and Shisato realize that they can't finish it without Shun and they don't want to just like like grind themselves and beat their dust. heads into a wall uh, yeah uh, Kujuru is 100% and...
1: willing to do that
0: oh Kujuru was born to grind himself into dust doing schoolwork. so they're like
1: <laughs> they're like listen man this is not even gonna they even say actually that's a good point Matt because they say this isn't gonna work because you can't do graphics and he's like "Uh uh-huh yeah actually I can and then of course he turns around and uh predictably it is cartoonishly bad yeah so Dr. Kubota calls and he starts to tell them some stuff and kind of interrupts him and he's like we don't have time for your thing I got a bone to pick with you old man which is Our phone bill is way up because you keep calling us and they're going to like cancel my hanging out and eating snacks club. And this is unacceptable. Dr. Kubota gives him a look. Uh, I don't know best how to describe it except to say that I have given it to students. And if you were ever a bit of a knucklehead with a teacher, they probably gave you this look. So you probably know the one I'm talking about. And what I love about this is that Dr. Kubota does not engage with it at all. Like, he gives him the look and then completely moves on. Uh, which is that I really dig that Dr. Kubota is just like, he believes in the power of youth. He likes these guys, but he is also very cognizant of the fact that he's working with teenagers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like like when Kenta demands special call me. In order to go be a superhero, did I already talk about this when he demands special Colby to go be a superhero? Dr. Koboda does not argue with him. he do, like you can tell that he's already had the debate in his head of like, I could go through this giant thing with Kenta and try to convince him that he should just go be a superhero because he's a hero and the world needs saving or I could spend $10 on Colby and skip this entire problem. And that's right, hundred. Like, that's definitely worth the $10. Like,
0: we are in a hurry, and I am an adult with a salary. Like, let's just move on from
1: this. Yeah. So he's like... He just says, listen, there's a Nesavir report at this school. It's where Shun is. You guys need to go check it out. So they do. Uh, we go from there down to the boiler room of... Of this, uh of the, the other school,
0: high school. I, I forget what the name. I don't have the, the name is written down far enough back in my notes that I will not find it.
1: Yeah. Uh Now this is another in the ongoing saga of Dave and Matt's weird, yet weird slash great slash kind of janky high school. I have very fond memories of high school boiler rooms. Here's why. When I was a high school senior, somebody, I don't know who, donated like some old weightlifting equipment to our school, and they didn't have any place to put it, so they just put it down in the boiler room. And my buddy Jared and I, I don't know how he knew about it, but he had found out about it, and he was like, dude, we should start lifting weights. So we somehow got permission to go down into the school's boiler room completely unattended, And lift weights and also convinced the principal that this should count as going to gym class. And so we got excused from gym to just go lift weights in a boiler room by ourselves. Now, (laughs) we did in fact lift weights in the boiler room. Like, we weren't lying, but we could have been. Anyways.
0: Could have been a real politics club.
1: It could have (laughs) been. Which actually Jared was also part of. Politics club. Dude, Jared was part of everything at that school um, Anyways uh,
0: Anyway, where were we? We're in the boiler room uh, So They're down in the uh, boiler room They find the physics teacher And there's a really interesting confrontation Because Shun is like You obviously are a monster And he grabs him and he throws him on the ground And then he realizes that it's just a physics teacher That he has thrown on the ground And not a monster uh, And then the physics teacher Starts accusing Shun of being the monster, and this is what I think is very cool, right? Because he has yep. this like device, this you know detector of some sort, and when he points it at Shun, he's like, "Listen, uh, you do not give off the normal readings that a human gives off. Like, I know what a baseline human looks like when I point this at him, and that's not you. So clearly, you are the one who is the monster here." But Shun like can't say oh, well, it's because I'm a mega like, no.
1: He just <laughs> has to right. be like,
0: no, I'm pretty sure you're the one who's the problem. So, uh... He is, he is blissfully saved from this awkward moment because we realize that in some hard-to-define way, Suichi has been, like, possessed by Owl Nazare. And, by, and when I say possessed by, I don't just mean, yeah. like, it's in his head. I mean, like, there's a moment... It's like riding shotgun. Right. It just like it teleports out of his body and then zaps people with eye lasers.
1: Yeah. Um and that's about to happen, but Shun sees him and then immediately shifts into like what's the chant like for the Nazare? He he, he yeah, flips into like, like hypnochant mode, right?
0: And Which is different than Hitmonchan mode.
1: Yes. Uh I I Always felt like I would like the fighting style Pokemon. They seemed cool. Uh anyways, so he Owl Nezeray is like, Oh, great. I must have already mind controlled that dude. Like you keep doing your evil work there, big brain.
0: Yeah, he's like, ah, when when like when I start to brainwash somebody, it always happens eventually. And I guess I I finally got him.
1: Okay, so now we get a wheelie really, uh kind of a weird take from Owl Nezeray. Which is this, He's like, he turns to the physics teacher and he's like, I thought you were such like, a dummy, I didn't bother mind controlling you, now maybe it looks like you're smart. Which is like, like you came to a genius high school, and mind controlled a bunch of kids who are geniuses, and then thought to yourselves, surely the adult who teaches these children... That dude isn't worth... Like, that's just a weird take, Owl Nazare.
0: Okay, one of two things is happening here. Either the writer of this episode uh, has has, has made an error and has, like, you know, just, like, didn't think through everything all the way. Or the episode author is genius because he knows that this is a show for kids and teens. And kids and teens always think they're smarter than their teachers
1: okay man that's a really good point <laughs> do you think about that see you only have your own perspective anyways so uh shun is typing and then the other rangers uh show up and shun it turns to owl and he says these three he excludes kenta ...are very smart, and, like, you should mind-control them.
0: Yeah, Al Nezari at this point is like, listen, normally I do a whole thing, I show you pictures while you're, like, doing math problems, and I take over your mind, like, over time. But we're sort of in the middle of this thing, I got all these people making this, like, weird, like, 3D printing, this weird CGI image of a gun... Uh, oh yeah,
1: so by design a super weapon what they mean is watch the same 15 seconds of like early CGI kind of on a loop of a weapon being constructed.
0: Yeah, it's not great. And actually when they they do design like a prototype and like who knows like listen, I could use this to disintegrate like a cat but that's not enough. Like, you need to start from scratch. And when it, he says start from scratch, he means we've already created, like, the CGI and prop assets for this. So make the same thing twice. But this but time... better now?
1: Good. Yeah. So...
0: <laughs> so anyway, Al Nesra like, listen, we don't have time to do, like, my full subliminal hypnotism. I'm just going to zap you with eye lasers until you submit. It's looking bad for those four rangers and obviously still looking bad for Shun. Who is brainwashed? Or
1: is he... Or is he? You probably can guess where this is going. So uh, the weapon is about to come together. And just as it comes together, it explodes. And Alnars is like, what could have possibly happened? And there's like and a
0: then zoom in on Shun and he smiles. And he's like, aha, I got you. you-
1: yeah. And also it's the like, files. So... The files that were de- oh, this is designed
0: great. to create the gun like delete themselves.
1: That I thought was a really good touch. I did like that. So so Shun was acting
0: but in a very confusing way because it's not that Shun has somehow avoided being brainwashed. It's that he has yeah. freed himself from the control. How, might
1: By, you ask? Was it because he has superpowers? Because he's so it's smart? It's not. It's also not that. What he says is, I have good eyesight. And I released myself a long time ago. Yes. So somehow, if you're, the if, power... If,
0: if your eyes are quick enough, you can unhypnotize yourself from subliminal images.
1: No. Science. Science. That is that is definitely how it works. So, from there... uh. They get an ins- they install, and then there's a pretty quick fight um, in human form. Al Nezare starts off being invisible, and that works for like a second, and then they start tagging him, and Al says, well,
0: I, this sucks. Uh, I do like a bit right before he goes giant, where he, because they're still in the boiler room area, and he tries to cave in the roof over them, and Shun like, jumps and pushes Kuichiru out of the way.
1: Oh, this is awesome.
0: And is like, A, did not need your help. B, like, what are you doing, man? Are you trying to, like, m- like, make it up to me for being a jerk earlier by saving my life now? Like, that is very out of character for you. And, like, we don't need to go through all this rigmarole. And Shun is like, yeah, you got me. That, it was a little weird. It felt weird. It, was it, forced. it felt forced. <laughs> and then they just go back to fighting. It's extremely good.
1: So... Uh, from there, it's it's pretty quick. They there is a great Shun mo- So they summon Galaxy Mega, and there is a cool moment where they're getting blasted with lightning, and they're like, "How are we going to counter this?" Like, we don't have a version of of that. Right, we have no way to and stop Shun his says, like mind
0: control eye lasers.
1: Yeah, and Shun says, "Ah, I know what we can do," and he like he does like some quick programming, and this programming somehow turns their big shield into a mirror and then they yeah flip. with programs <laughs> yeah and then they kind of blast him with his own li- eye eyelashes and then they uh and then that's basically the end of all that's right
0: yeah when he is defeated um the you know everybody wakes up everyone who had been brainwashed all kind of like come to and they're like oh yes what a weird yep. day
1: Yes, yeah, Soichi wakes up in the basement, cradled in the arms of his teacher with no memory of what happened or how we got there, and it doesn't is. question that at all.
0: And then we don't talk about it. Uh, so we cut back to the, their regular high school, not the fancy high school. Um, and they're in their digital research club, and they're like, yes, we are all working together now. We're going to finish this report. We're going to save the club. Like, Kenta and Miku and Shisato come back, and they've got snacks and drinks, and they're like, okay, now we are, like, prepared to work through the night to make this happen. Shun is, like, you know, he's he's tired from a long, hard day, but he's really putting in the work. And they're all very encouraged until they look over and realize that Shun has fallen asleep, passed out, like, on the keyboard with his finger on the delete key, and is oh just, no. like, in the process of erasing all of their work. So, So that's the end of the
1: Digital Research Club, I
0: guess. Or, they'll never mention it again, and everything will be fine. Well, Dave, that is the end of the episode, but of course, it is not the end of our episode, because first, we need to determine where uh, Owl Nezere lands in the Creature Royale.
1: Yeah, so, you actually kind of mentioned this earlier in the episode, Matt, is he does bear a lot of similarities to B-Nezere. Uh, so I feel like that's a good jumping off point. Like, A, they're both Nezere. They both are doing mind control stuff on smart people to induce them to somehow destroy the Earth. Now, B, Nezere is up at spot 71. A, because he had a very good plan, and B, because he looked super dope.
0: Yeah, and he was, like, in space and stuff.
1: Yeah, Owl Nezere sort of looks like a sh- like a sloppy owl bear.
0: Yeah, which is less great.
1: It is less great. And
0: he's getting high schoolers to do it instead of, like, adult-established scientists.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the phrase sloppy owlbear, I don't know what it's a use of, <laughs> euphemism for, but it's definitely a euphemism for something. Um, so I, was I, say, I feel like we're going to start.
0: I was going to say, get at us in the, you know, hit us up on Twitter and let us know. Uh, but Please here, don't. Here, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, uh, that, that would be a mistake. Do not do that. If you think of something... Keep it to yourself and never share it with anyone.
1: <laughs> so um, I'm I'm kind of looking down and, like, there's uh, Bibi Danpa. Like, I I feel like, actually, we got to kind of jump down this list for a bit to find some space for Aum Nezare Because there's, like, Shiraniri the Ragman, and he's super cool. There's Oberogumura the Taxi Man, and he was just, like, a giant... Like, they built a go-kart into that dude's costume. Okay, and then,
0: so the, the perpetual middle point of our list is the uh, the jewelry priestesses from Dye Ranger, Better or worse than yeah.
1: that? Yeah. Uh, not as good at them, although they are actually starting to trend trend up oh, a are little they? bit. They're no longer dead in the middle. Yeah, well, the, they're at a, a uh, spots number 86, and the list now goes to 186. So, they're oh, not... Well. They're not quite in the middle, um, but they're still a pretty good spot. So down below them, but like just below them is Sunakake Baba, the sandwich with like the magic boobs, and Bakaneko the Cat Lady.
0: Okay, so what's what's your floor? I guess.
1: Um, I think my floor is
0: like at, at number one hundred and four. We have Karakasa, who is another yeah, Umbrella Karakasa Monster. later. It's not even the Umbrella Monster. It's
1: another Umbrella Monster. Who was fine. It's, yeah. Um Okay. Barakan I think it's Barak Clothes, actually. Because, like, Barakandama... Mm-hmm. Am I remembering him correctly? That that's, like, the... Yeah, that's, like, the ball toy. And then, like, Barakandama, he's a giant wooden mecha built like a children's ball toy like that's rad like that that's cooler good. than that and actually does, right, right
0: above barakandama are uh, kappa and Rokorokubi, who i'd actually kind Isn't of great i've I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that we put them together um okay so let's so is barakandama your wait is barakandama your ceiling
1: no uh man it might be He's, like, right in there, because I like him better than... okay. Do, I like him better than Caracasa, the other Umbrella, but I don't like him as much as Barakandama.
0: Okay, well then, how do you like him, uh... I don't know. I, I think he's better than Baravanish. Do you think he's,
1: he's better... He's better than Baravanish.
0: Do you think he's better than Barak Clothes Because that's... Is he in the top 100? Because Barakandama is... Oh, no, he's not in the top 100, because Barakandama is number one. He's not. He's not. 100. I think he's
1: just above Baravanish.
0: Okay. Okay, well, in that case, um, right above Baravanish puts him in the new number 101. Uh, and that, Dave, that is it for another episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show, or so we have been led to believe. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, as I said at the top of the uh, review, actually weirdly, um, (laughs) you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.